This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, thanks for listening to Dirt and Sprague On Demand, a Service Patriots podcast. Service Patriots is your home comfort solution for all your heating and air conditioning needs. Check out the latest special offers for our listeners at servicepatriots.com slash the fan. It's time for the 127th plane of a game that no longer has a name for fear of being canceled. I'm sorry. This is a Rivalry Week edition of Dirt and Spray. Brought to you by P.G. Long, your Northwest foreign experts. Online at pglongllc.com. Dirt and Spray on 1080. Calm down. The fan. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two. Dirt and Spray here. Good morning to all the sickos out there. Hello. Oh, I can't wait to eat all those pies today. So you sit around, watch football, eat pies. <laughs> Sounds like a good Friday. I'm going to miss you today, man. It's the first Civil War you missed in a while. I know. You've been to how many in a row now? Uh, I don't know. I've lost count. Yeah. I, you know, I've been a fan of this. I, I love doing this. I delayed on asking for ticks here, and by the time I looked them up, prices were, oh, shocking. Both schools taking advantage of the fans. <laughs> a lot of money. Well, it's turned into, they still haven't announced a future date, so we don't know when the game will be played again, if it will be played again. In the short term, long term, we don't know that for certain yet. And then I think the other thing that added to it is that, like, if Oregon had tripped up somewhere else and you weren't playing for what you're playing for, yeah. probably a little bit cheaper. Yeah. But now you're going last home game of the year, you win, you're in Vegas, you're still alive in the playoff, that's gonna, whoop, it's gonna send those prices up. Uh, we'll dive into the game itself it's a mighty big point spread that doesn't always indicate that's what the outcome is going to be obviously but uh, we'll dive into the matchup the listeners are already saying you should be going straight up and this is from a not even a duck or beaver fan somebody somebody said i cheer for both teams but dirt needs to get a better number on the spread if not straight up i'm sorry sprague have balls beaver should lose by more than one shouldn't lose by more than one score put it on a poll question really should be straight up i'm just reading the time reading what the people no are that's a good text reading what the people are saying i was castrated yesterday so it doesn't matter to me um <laughs> i want to get to this. this is from scott barnes the athletic director of oregon state yeah he sent out this statement Coach Smith and I have had ongoing conversations for more than a month regarding his future at Oregon State and our path forward for football specifically and our athletic department. He has embraced our short and long-term plans. My number one priority is providing him with a new contract and guaranteed compensation that will help continue the success of the football program that has benefited Oregon State and Beavers Athletics. Coach Smith and I also discussed our commitment to extending assistant coaches' contracts and increasing Mm. the salary pool for his staff to retain the uh, continuity of what they have all built together for Beaver Nation, end quote. Uh, UW had to file an immediate, uh, I don't know what they call them, an illegal mumbo-jumbo, like a brief, something in that lawsuit. An injunction. An injunction, yes. whatever well, it was. They're filing an appeal. They're trying That's to get the Supreme Court, right? This, and uh, to the Washington State Supreme Court. Yes. And so they have to provide, in order for them to consider, because they can deny, they said, no, we're not going to listen to it. 
we're nothing's there's nothing to appeal here. Well, you have to demonstrate something that has to be appealable. Oregon State fan noted and took a blurb from that appeal from the Washington lawyer, and it basically states that, like, if they win this lawsuit, Washington State, Oregon State, two hundred million dollars split, they'll be making fifty million dollars in those two years per year, mm-hmm. which. You know, that's more than Oregon and Washington are going to make in the Big Ten yearly earnings from the TV revenue and the the beginning of that relationship. It's a massive increase in your monies now. I think the Pac-12 is going to split somewhere around $30 million per school was what the projections were. Something like that. Give or take, maybe a little bit less, high 20s. And so it's a big increase in what you were getting to begin with. And, like, I've people I've talked to about the Smith stuff, I've just straight up said, to me, this isn't a money thing. This is not financial. This this has nothing. That guy is not built that way. No. He'll take a big contract. Sure, who wouldn't? Right. He's not built. In fact, I would argue he's more concerned that his assistants get paid the right amount of money yep. because he understands how, how big continuity is. I mean, their offensive line coach was, I, I won't say the schools, but I tell you, they're not very far away from Oregon State trying to poach that guy. He's a great offensive line coach. He absolutely is. And Smith knows this, and having continuity, I mean, at least with the Oregon State run game this year, it still is awesome. I don't think this has anything to do with money. So, to me, whether Michigan State's still in on him or they've moved on to Elko, those rumors are out there. I, this Scott Barnes statement, to me, was kind of a big nothing burger, much like the post-conference yeah. Uh, demise of hey we're we're trying like okay cool you've talked to him good to know it's, it's either one of two things it is <laughs> you gave me a statement with no information yeah. we've talked to him oh, okay great what well, did you talking, talk about it huh? is hey donors big you you people that write the big checks i'm not home yet you need to write more big checks to make sure this thing doesn't completely come off the rails and two everybody uh I'm sure they're sending out, you know, season ticket renewal notices and all that sort of stuff or getting it all prepped. It's like mm-hmm. trying to calm them down that, yeah, we're we're going to have something. It's just taking a little bit longer because of all the stuff going on. Yeah, look, I, he's in a really tough spot because it's nobody's had to go through this of navigating what's our schedule, where's our money going to come from. There's a lawsuit. We don't know how much money we're going to win. Are we going to get all of it? Like, that's a really tough spot for a school and for an AD to be in. To Swag's point, I, I do think there's a sense of urgency here, though. And this is what I said last week, and I'll maintain it. I, I viewed the John and the Smith comments as a, we need to figure this out because I'm a big-time football coach. We're now a big-time football program. But if somebody's going to come after my, to use your example, offensive line coach, are we going to have the money to match that offer? If somebody's going to come after my defensive coordinator, which has happened now back-to-back off seasons, and it will happen again this year, are we going to have the money to match that to keep Trent Bray around? Because Trent Bray loves, he's a beaver, he loves being in a Corvallis. But if somebody's going to throw $1.6 million at him to be a D.C., right? Oof. Like, that's hard to say no to. And yep. he wants to have the ability to match that financially. The other thing is, and I will maintain this, I still don't know if people realize how crazy the next couple of weeks are going to be. We're on the brink of the transfer portal window opening. Guys can enter right now. I don't know if you can commit. It's all weird and gray, but we're about to have like half of college football enter the transfer portal. And John Allen Smith is looking at this saying, everybody's going to try and poach my roster. Damian Martinez can say I'm not going anywhere all he wants. Somebody's going to be on the phone with him saying, how's $2 million sound to come be our running back? That's hard to say no to. And so I think Smith is just looking for some clarity of, he doesn't need to know, like, where are we going to be 10 years from now? It's just, do we have a schedule next year? How many home games are we going to play? Are we playing Power 5 teams? Do I have enough money for my staff? And I think if the answers to all those are yes, we, when the money's okay, we're going to have a schedule for two years, I still don't, I will maintain the opinion. I don't see him going anywhere right now. I just think he's looking for clarity. Barnes is in a really tough spot because it's not easy to provide that right now. But I'm with you on the statement. It was a, you know, we're working on it, which is not 
I, I want something a little more emphatic if yeah. I'm a Beaver fan. Well, and it's like also I knew you. I know you're working on it. I, <laughs> right. It's not right. like shocking news. If I if I saw that and read it and was like, oh my god, he's actually working on it. I that would be an insult to my intelligence. I know what your it's your job. Like, yeah. thank you for doing your job. The thing about this is, I, I, and I I understand how I look right now, but like if you could just disconnect the fandom, like. Didn't the first Mike Riley era kind of teach us a lesson of, you know, if you want to go do a job, you're probably always going to be welcome back? Yes. And, like, he's a really good football coach. I don't know how he would do with more expectation and in a harder conference. But, like, there's got to be a part of him just as a competitor and a coach that disconnects the Beaver part and says, I could go be in the Big Ten with um, a crazy amount of resources and TV windows and bigger salary pool. Like, I just, I think he's, re- he has to be looking at this from a realistic standpoint. I, I've been saying it the whole time. I don't know if Oregon State's ever going to have a path to the playoff. And I still don't know. I tend to believe they won't because, well, SEC, Big Ten, Big 12, ACC stuff. But I just, I can't help but think the last couple of days, he may not take the Michigan State job. Mm-hmm. I've been in that position of saying, I think he comes back. But I also wouldn't, you can't blame him given everything that's kind of lying in front of him as a coach, like how do you say no to that and basically say, I'll stay with the Mountain yeah. West? You know what I mean? Like that's got to be a really – people are overlooking that part of this. This isn't just money. Someone has nothing to do with money. It's just like you're really good right now. But what happens when your team feels relegated, not being seen, yeah. and, oh, by the way, you have some down years where even on a Mountain West schedule you lose two or three games. Yeah. People are going to knock you down as a coach a peg on that. Maybe that doesn't matter to him. Maybe it does. I can't help but think about it, and I'm not coaching the team. Well, the other reality, too, financially for them is even if you have this, even you know, this money comes to you from the Pac-12, you win this lawsuit, you get the purse strings, right? Eventually, it's going to run out. Like it's, I mean, it's not a permanent solution. It's a stopgap to be able to maintain funding at a Power 5 level. Yes. But if you cannot find footing in a Power 5 conference, like that's great. You can say, hey, it's $50 million a year for two years or whatever for each school or for four years, however long it stretches out. Eventually, if the, if the future is the Mountain West, it's going to slowly go away and you're going to have to make some of these hard decisions and the money's not going to be pouring in the way that it is. So it even now is just a stopgap to try and find a solution in the next two years. I don't know what that solution is, but that's what they're trying to figure out. I, I had somebody tell me, because I was texting some folks, I texted people at Michigan State, I texted some people locally, and I, I had somebody tell me that um, there's a there's somebody that's pretty plugged in to a aspect of the college football world that told me if UCLA fires Chip, they think he is the number one candidate by a lot. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. Uh, they haven't made that decision though. They have UCLA not. has not fired Chip Kelly yet. So, like, what you kind of be asking yourself, what are they waiting for if they're going to do it? They still got another game this weekend. It's that weird USC was their last game last weekend, so their rivalry was a week earlier. Now they play Cal this weekend. Yeah. If they win, they're eight and four. I know. Like, which I will maintain. What are your expectations <laughs> at UCLA? I don't know. I, I I can't I can't get a read on UCLA, but I I just I was told that on Wednesday that like if that job does become open, they're beelining straight to him. Like that's their goal. That's the one. And I, I will. I've asked friends ask me about this. I don't know Jonathan Smith personally. We've interviewed him a few times. I have no clue what motivates or drives the guy. Everybody has a different motivator. He's very insular to the point where I had somebody tell me they met him eight times working with him, <laughs> and he still didn't remember their name. That's <laughs> hey, my kind of guy. I like that. <laughs> I, the, but it just if you're trying to put yourself in his shoes, that's always been the one that would concern me. Michigan State to me is just it's a random. I'm not saying it's a bad job. I'm not saying there's not good money there. Like they were paying 
crazy amount of money, crazy amount of money to a guy to take his ween out of his pants on the phone. So the money is there. The big ten to leave. The, yeah, well now they might not have well, to. They've got to go yeah. through that whole lawsuit. Right. But they have the ability to pay nine, ten million dollars for a coach, which would be a massive pay upgrade for Jonathan Smith. And I don't know if he would command that much. But I always have argued like there those kind Michigan State kind of jobs I feel like are open every year. There's one of those that's like that's ah, a good little program. That's, okay, that's they got money to spend. There's going to be one of those every single season, whether it's in the Big Ten or the SEC, that you'll always have the ability to jump. The idea of it being hometown, his parent or excuse me, his wife's from Pasadena as well. He's from Pasadena. They're going to the Big Ten. They're going to have seven. They're have the full Big Ten share. L A resources. L A resources. Yeah. Like I, yeah. that's the one that I I've know. always argued that if that opened up, that one would scare me. A little uh, bit. The latest on. Spartans Illustrated is that Mike Elko appears to be the favorite, but again, with all of these reports, in the article, the last sentence tends to be, we cannot confirm this report. <laughs> it's Nobody just like speculation at this point. No, football Scoop had it as a done deal on like Wednesday that Smith was going to Michigan State. And now two days later, it's ah, kind of Mike Elko's. Like nobody knows what the hell well, they're football talking Scoop about. Football Scoop also so bo- said Bo Baldwin was <laughs> yes. going to be the coach. Yeah, don't believe everything you read. Well, that website specifically has not had a great reputation for itself the last few years. No, they have not. Uh, all right. Big game is here today. We'll talk about it next. Dirt and Sprague on the fan. All right. Well, the Civil War is here today, 530 at Autzen Stadium. Be sure to check out all the great pregame coverage. Dirt will be on it. He's uh, traveling down as soon as the show ends today. You getting a police escort down? Make sure I you should. Don't get, That'd be uh, cool. Caught up in any traffic jams. I think there. I've told this story before. I got a police escort once in my life as a media member to the 2010 national title game, the Oregon Auburn game. I don't know why we got a police escort from the hotel to the stadium, but it was really cool. And I'll never forget the feeling of getting off the bus. Everybody that was around thought that we were players. Because it's a police escort with buses, and then a bunch of fat journalists got off, and everybody was so pissed. <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, here they come. Here come the teams. Because there's stickers on the bus and yeah. everything, and we just walk out with backpacks. And like, oh. And everybody just turned around and slowly scattered away. Like, oh, it's nobody important. Where are you at on the game? Where Where is Duck Fan at today on the game? This game means a lot to people in the state. No matter how many people online can tell you it doesn't or it's not as imp- Where are you at on the game today? I mean, I've, I've kind of maintained that I, I think it's been... I don't know if watered down is the right word, but with everything going on, it's just it, there's a weird feeling around it. There has been the entire year. We don't know what the future is going to be. We don't know when you're going to play again. Oregon's moving on to a new conference. Like, I haven't even wrapped my head around the fact that this is the final weekend of Pac-12 football. I know you got the conference championship game next Friday. This is the final full slate. Like, this is it. <laughs> It's done. Like, we've been building to this all season. And so I haven't even gotten there yet. Mentally, sitting around watching football tomorrow is going to be really strange. Look, there is a ton to play for, and I'm genuinely excited to see how Oregon handles the moment and if they can win and finish an 11-1 season, in which you can argue would go down as arguably a top-four season in the history of the program, have a chance to go redeem themselves against Washington next Friday. Oregon State's got a chance to be the spoiler. So, like, those storylines are great, but not knowing the future, not knowing what all of this is going to look like down the road, there's just there's a weird smell in the air for me going into the game. I think I've... I'm putting all that aside. I know it's all there, but I want to see Oregon State come out and see if they can establish what they need to do. They got to win on first down. If they don't win on first down and this Oregon makes DJ have to beat them on third down, that's not a good thing. Second, can Oregon State generate any sort of pass rush to make Bo Nix uncomfortable in any way, shape, or form? 
So the, for me, those are the two. If, if those two things happen at least somewhat during the game, maybe not the entire game, but somewhat during the game, then I think it's the game we're all hoping we get um, that comes down to the fourth quarter with some drama. The uh, winning on first down thing, like I know that's been around for a while, but like for me as a football fan, it it's become one of my top things to watch on offense. If oh, teams yeah. get like one or two yards or nothing, like I just you're yeah. already like kind of in a panic, like oh my god, man, get something on second. It's especially so... when you're limited. At, I mean, not limited isn't the right word, but you have a quarterback yeah. that can struggle when he's in an obvious passing situation. Well, they're often. Let's be honest. If Lincoln and Jonathan Smith have the entire playbook to choose from on third down, then. Yeah. Then Oregon's got to cover the whole field. They can't load up or they can't focus on any one thing. Then it- This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's interesting, but if it's third and long, look out. Oregon State's offense is not geared to be shut down on first down. Their offense does not hum when it's like second and long, third and medium to long. They're just not... They've never really been that kind of offense. They thrive when they run the ball and get four or more yards on first down. Oregon knows this. Like, I I know it. I think this is a massive game for them, not just because of the Pac-12 title game rematch, but I I really think a lot of those players from last year, I rewatched that game. Yeah, they're they're still pissed, and I think they're going to be really pissed when that game starts. I mean, they've been replaying the coaches put on all the televisions in the locker room this week, the fourth quarter of the game, just on loop. Yeah, and they try they I don't know how they did it. Just <laughs> the modern technology. The players have grabbed remotes and tried to change the channel, and it's on every channel, every channel. So every time they try and change it, the players have joked all week that they get out of the locker room as quickly as they possibly can because <laughs> they don't want to see it. Jackson Powers Johnson had comments that he uh, his parents were there, and Beaver fans were not nice to his parents at the end of the game, and so it's a personal oh. thing for him. 
him. That happens in every rivalry, right? So I, I love the comments. I love the fact that they're doing this. I mean, from an Oregon angle, too, it's a big deal because Landing needs one of these. He's 0-3 against rivals. There's not many criticisms of him as a head coach. He's done an unbelievable job. I think he's elevated the program. If you're looking for a weakness, it is that he is 0-3 against his rivals, and all three games were winnable games. They had a 21-point second-half lead in Corvallis. They could have easily won in Seattle this year. They obviously didn't. And last year, they had the fourth-down call against Washington. So they're all winnable games, but that's really the only weakness that you can point to two years into his tenure. I think this is also a massive game for the quarterback in Eugene. I saw this stat was circulated yesterday, Swag. What, what do you? What is your brain make of this one? This is a graphic, and people weren't sure if this was real. We looked it up, and it's real. 20 touchdowns on throws 20-plus yards down the field for Jaden Daniels. 17 completions on throws 20 yards plus down the field for Bo Nix. People are using this as like, there's no Heisman conversation. A lot of people think it's Jaden Daniels. I think today's a pretty big game. I know they got Washington looming if they win. I think today could go a long way for old Bo if he can go have himself a three tuds, 330-yard type game. Not that they need to win that way, but I do think that if they can, they will, and I think it would help them a lot in that conversation. No question, and I think when it comes down to to Bo and Jaden, it's just what type of quarterback you like you like the the big play guy or you like somebody that just slices and dices another defense with surgical precision which is what Bo Nix does I mean the the half he had against Arizona State was insane what do you have more touchdown passes than incompletion six tutties did he have the 400 passing yards in the half? He was real close. He was it was close. 350, I think he was at about 350. Yeah. Because he played that one series in the it to start the third quarter. So I think that's just more or less what you prefer. But having this game, potentially a Pac-12 championship game, uh, will certainly help Bo Nix. I think if he's just his same surgical self and hits a couple of those, you know, that's what they do. They get you underneath. They get everybody moving around, and then Troy Franklin gets one-on-one coverage or and you torches get, somebody. Yeah, Tess Johnson for eight, yeah. and then turns it into like 15 to 20. Like Those are the plays that just yeah. massive difference for him. Dirt alluded to it last uh, couple shows. If Jaden wins the Heisman, I know we're not there yet, but if Jaden Daniels wins the Heisman, he was going to be most pissed. Not Oregon fan. I mean, Christian McCaffrey. Like, oh, all the video game numbers oh, matter now, don't now. they? Okay, the year Weird. I should have beat Derrick Henry, but I was in the Pac-12 playing on the Pac-12 network, and so nobody <laughs> voted for me. But he can throw 15 touchdowns against Georgia State in the second-to-last week of the season. And it gets elevated and, as Oh, the look favorite. at this. What an unbelievable performance. I'm in, the, I'm in the game in the fourth quarter with seven minutes to go up by 40, throwing 40-yard touchdown passes to goose my numbers, but that's enough for a Heisman campaign. I Look, the the... The Bo Nix checkdown artist thing is hilarious to me. It cracks me up. I, I love the narrative. Here's what I will say. If you want to criticize him for it, you better stop it. Because if you can't stop their short, quick passing game, you have no chance to win today. None at all. Oregon will be able to run the football. They're not at times as dominant as they've been in years past, but their running game and the numbers are great. Bucky Irving's as good as anybody in the country. They will eventually hit you with deep shots down the field because they're going to slowly but surely bring you up to the line of scrimmage to try and get you to stop the run game and to get you to stop the short passing game. If they're just throwing those little bubble and tunnel screens and Oregon's picking up seven, eight, nine yards at a chunk at mm-hmm. a time, you have no chance to yeah. win this game. Today. I think I think Ferguson and Herbert are going to be huge because they're bigger than all the Oregon State linebackers and they're going to be very difficult. Oregon State has to get those guys at first contact on the ground. I'm just wondering like if Bo's going to get touched. It's kind of where I'm at. 
Oregon State, that was a big storyline in their game against Washington last week. They did not create any pressure against Michael Penn. And that was my number one, like, if this doesn't happen, and I know it was a two-point loss, but, like, if this doesn't happen, you're not winning the game. Maybe you nitpick on, like, oh, we don't have safety. We're tight. It's break. We maybe went overtime. But, like, if Bo Nix has all day to pass or yeah. run for a first, like, I just I can't see it. And I'm trying to, like, be honest about it. I can't see it if you can't get to him. Chatfield's had a nice back end of the season here. Yes. The pass rush really has come alive. Prior to that Washington game, they were maniacs for like their previous three, four games. But you didn't do it against Washington at all. And Oregon's offensive line is <laughs> probably the best in the conference this year. I don't know if that's controversial to say. Washington's has been pretty good. Oregon, State Oregon State's is, is really good, obviously. Yeah. But Oregon's has been a little higher on the old belt, I think, than most of them. You're not gonna get to them. I just it, it's gonna be a really it's gonna be tough sledding for that secondary. I would argue that Oregon State's offensive line probably been a little bit better in run blocking this year than Oregon's, but Oregon's has been much better in protecting the quarterback. And yeah. that to me was the I thought that was the untalked about part of that game. Washington was able to generate pretty consistent pressure against DJ. And when you're when he's not playing on schedule and you're pressuring him, especially up the middle. That's when mistakes happen. When his body starts doing like a weird, yes. Dak twitchy thing, you should feel good as an opponent because he's <laughs> not going to make the best decision ever when he does that. That's when turnovers happen, and that to me is a huge key. Can Oregon yeah. generate pressure consistently on DJ, and can Oregon State get any pressure on Bo? Because not many teams have been able and to DJ's do it this year. Gotta, he's got to be willing to run in this game. Yeah. Yeah. Been saying I, that all year. Yeah, I, don't, I, I, I know. I, I don't know what to make of it. I kind of have. What's he saving himself for now? The NFL <laughs> I, draft. And I don't know what pick he kind of is, but yeah, I just, if he's not going to run, pack it up, man. Like, <laughs> you need that. You need a 6'5, 245 pound guy to go get you four to five yards. He can do it. He just hasn't. And I, I, don't get it. I Outside don't get it of the design all. runs, to have somebody on third and seven when things collapse around you, not panic and throw a ball into double coverage. Stop backpedaling back. Like, step up and run. Just yep. go t- if your first two targets are not there and their receivers are tiny, they mostly aren't, just go. Yeah, take off and make a play. Just go. Uh, one more on. We'll continue talking about this. We had the Apple Cup as well this weekend to get to. Got some other, obviously, big matchups in college football to talk about. Maybe a little NFL. We'll spray the line as well. Dirt and Sprague back with more. Hello. Yes, we are live. Happy Friday morning to you. We're here. I wonder who's uh, found the best Black Friday deal out there. Somebody's got to have bought something. We did have a comment on the uh, YouTube page. Said a lot of 1080 boys with DNPs recently. It's good to see you guys in here on a day no one had expected you to be. Well, we, we don't largely. I mean, Dirt's going to DMP when he has his child. Yeah. That'll be a lengthy DNP. I mean, if we're not sick, we largely don't DNP. No. I usually come in when I'm sick, and then it's I shouldn't yeah. come in. It's we, a mistake, and then I get a little sick. <laughs> yeah. And I should be a DNP, but I I power through. We I'm try no, to power through. Fairly certain my wife still is a tad, like a a smidge sick, a little and, bit of the crud, and she still says thanks, yeah. dirt. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Hey, and you know what I say to her? You're not the first girl to say thanks, dirt, after catching something from him. <laughs> Thanks. I got a promo yeah, now. <laughs> a lot more of them in the Portland area than you'd guess. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Nobody I assumes the sleeping right now. <laughs> no, she's awake. Nobody assumes an Andy's out there doing things like that. And he's no. just like <laughs> but dirt. Yeah. Watch out for like dirt. Evil villain. Dirt is a different person than Andy. I uh, I do want to get to the the, the Pac-12 stuff in a bit because we were talking about that during the break, and I'm just I'm curious for everybody's add on it. It is the final weekend. It's weird. I I don't know. It, I it'll I think it'll sink in a little bit when I'm sitting watching football tomorrow. But I do want to ask though. 
I think one of the, and this is coming from experience. Usually when I warn people of things, it comes from a place of hurt where I've been hurt before and I could see maybe you being hurt in the future. I have, I have watched my team in a year in which there was something to play for late in the season and they no-showed, completely no-showed. And in hindsight, you look back and you're like, oh, that's right. Coach was out the door. He had two feet gone and he had been negotiating for the last two months in a season in which you beat Ohio State and somehow crumbled. Uh, still doesn't make any sense. Well, then it made sense because Mario was leaving. Where are we at on that being a distraction, a takeaway from the outcome of the game? Like, just how, how do we think it's going to have an impact on the game today? Well, uh, uh, that all depends what the situation is. Yeah. If Elko's the guy. Uh, and we find that out today, tonight, tomorrow, then okay. But like, if they go into Eugene today and they lose something to the effect of 47 to 23, 20, like, I'm going to kind of conclude something might be looming. And, and that's not to say, that's not to take it. So the from, worse the losses, the more you might think something's going well, on. Well, yeah. And that's not yeah. to take anything away from Oregon. I know how Oregon, how good Oregon can be. I mean, hell, they were up in that game last year by 21 on the road. Yeah. It's more just like I, I would have no other conclusion for completely no showing. Again, the point spread's massive. But if you get absolutely housed, sure. yeah, my mind will be going there until I see a report saying otherwise. Mm. I. I can't believe Jonathan Smith would allow that to creep into the prep this week. I mean, I don't think he's naive enough to think there's not chatter with. Can you control going it, on. Swag? Like, uh, I think that's, that's the big thing. question. That's a tough part. Like whether you whether you think you're going or not, or whether your players think you're going or but not. If you think, get that sense of doubt in the locker room, it can come out. On yeah, the field. I also think he's dialed in enough to if he's if. He feels like there's something, there's too much chatter amongst. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the Markable Fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. It's one thing falling in love with a house, and quite another navigating the world of negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. Guidance from an agent who's a realtor can make all the difference, because that's we are realtors are members of the national association of realtors like in the locker room he'll nip it in the bud and get everybody's attention focused on where he wants it but yeah it's human nature. i mean they're still college kids you know they're wondering what especially the younger one i mean guys that are seniors want to go out and yeah, it's your last shot last shot yeah. and go finish strong wouldn't it be fun to yeah 
dance on the O and that sort of thing. But I mean, they have something to play for today. It's not like they're yeah. coming in like five and you know seven looming or something. They have no. something to actually play for today. If you win today, you got a shot at ten wins. You're going to up your bowl profile. Yep. So you're probably going Alamo? if you win, probably the Alamo Bowl. Yeah. I think because I think Vegas is number one now, right after the Rose Bowl, obviously. But the Rose Bowl is a playoff. Game, oh, is I the Vegas Bowl bigger? I think they've upgraded the, the Vegas, Vegas Bowl. bowl now. How did the upgraded. holiday get knocked to like the third or fourth bowl? It's like they, the they're best not destination. Paying out as much as the other bowls, like yeah, Vegas. Okay. I mean, Vegas. The, Vegas is a big deal. They got that nice stadium there. I mean, that's and a, they're pull and they're getting. It's like a. It's either a Big Twelve or a Big Ten opponent. Because well, you guys were in it last West. year. It was the SEC. Now I thought. Oh, okay. Yeah, you it was. It was the Florida. Florida game. Yeah, yeah that's right. So you guys stadium. won the Civil War last year, and it bumped yeah. you up into the Vegas Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Oregon ended up in the Holiday Bowl down in San Diego. Let's go look up what Florida finished in the SEC. See who they play if they won that game. They were. Yeah, Florida was like a seven and five ish type team last year. I want to say, which was probably that's probably like SEC slot number five or six, which uh, is sad to think about because I think it's Pac twelve number two or three or three probably. God, I hate that they don't just put out. You're not allowed to do like total ranking, like standing yeah. within the division. But to your larger point, though, I mean, there is still something to play for. Like Tennessee type team is who you'd be playing. Yeah, an eight and four back end of the top. 25. LSU, Tennessee, A and M could be something like that. Yeah, we'll see what happens with everybody today because A and M and LSU were playing, and that's a ten and a half point spread. So there, to, to the point though, there is still something on the line. I just, I'm always wondering what kind of effort you're going to get this time of year. Because you have a team that did get eliminated technically from the Pac-12 race last weekend, and you have a team with a coaching situation that maybe he's telling them behind the scenes, like, guys, stop, I'm not going anywhere, we're just trying to figure out the money and what the schedule is, and maybe we're making a bigger deal out of this that is necessary, but there's chatter out there, there's noise out there, and you never really know what to believe. And so I'm just really curious to see what kind of mentality Oregon State is in today. I know how Oregon's going to approach this game. Now, does it mean it's an automatic win? No. But I know that they're pissed. I know they've been watching the replay of it. I know every guy to a man has said it was embarrassing the way that they lost that game. Lanning has said he's been you know up every night the last year thinking about how they could handle it differently, and they would have gone to the Pac-12 title game if they had won that game last year, maybe played in a New Year's Six Bowl game because they would have played USC. So I know how Oregon's going to approach this game. I think a, big, a million-dollar question for me going in is just what Oregon State do we get? What kind? Of, yeah. What What do they look like? Do we get a team that packs it in? Because if we do, this is going to be a really ugly outcome. Or do we get a game? that's feisty because Oregon State's playing above their grade level uh, because it's a rivalry game and it's the last one in the Pac-12 and you get a win one, you know, win, win the last one kind of mentality and we get a tight game going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, we've talked a little bit off the air about, like Swag has mentioned, you have mentioned, you know, last week in a Pac-12 how weird it kind of is and I, I honestly, I just like I'm kind of numb to it. I think I allowed my feelings on that when it was happening in real time to kind of all air out. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. I understand that. I think if you took Twitter away, this is the interesting angle to me. Like, no matter what happens today, if this game isn't played next year, I I really don't know if I care if it ever exists again. Oh. Uh, You know, you have a lot of people and teams to blame for the demise of the conference, but, like, you play this game today, and it already kind of feels weird because, like, Oregon's a pseudo-Big Ten team, and they have a lot to play for in the last year of the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. But if it doesn't happen next year, I, you ask me, hey, do you want to bet? I, I honestly might just say I don't really care. That, that doesn't get me excited anymore hmm. because I don't know what the future of Oregon State is going to be. And Oregon's going to be so deep, knee-deep within the Big Ten that I could see a lot of Duck fans saying, I don't want this game. Like, I don't want to go to Corvallis at all. Sure. Why put ourselves in that position? I, I, I just, I'll be kind of fascinated with that, too, after this game ends. Like, do they come to an agreement? Do they figure this out by next year, or is the scheduling stuff too much? And if it goes away for a year, 
and Oregon's now knee-deep in Big Ten stuff, and Oregon State's just trying to make a schedule and kind of in the pseudo-Mountain West. Is it important for you in two years and three years? I, I think for me personally, I just will say no. Like if it doesn't happen again, I don't. I don't care. I'm done with it. Yeah, I want to. Let's get to that next because I do think that that adds to where I kind of started when we talked about this game. There's just I don't know. There's just a weird energy. It's a really... very weird vibe about this game. You you unplug Twitter. Twitter yes. is stupid. Twitter is like I hate you. No, I hate you. No, we beat you. No, we'll beat you. Like unplug right. Twitter. Everybody in my life on Duck Beaver sides. Yeah. It it's a very weird energy towards this game. Like yeah, it'll be played, but once it's over, like that might be it until blank amount of years down the road, and I don't know how much either one of those fan bases will care about it at that point. I want to pick that up coming up next. We do. We will get to the final weekend of the Pac-12. It is the last weekend of full Pac-12 football. The last game is going to be Cal-UCLA on Saturday night, obviously not counting the Pac-12 championship game a week from today. we got great rivalry games all weekend. Spreading the line, get your fake sponsors in to the Vancouver Ford text line, 503-864-6326. Uh, we still got a lot to get to. I want to pick up on the Civil War next on The Fam. All right, well, Spring the Line coming up at 8.30. Get your fake sponsors in, 503-864-6326. We're hanging out with you on a game day. We don't often get to do this, an actual show on the day of a game. I feel the- like they used to alternate this game. Sometimes used, yeah. it was on Friday, sometimes Friday, it was on Saturday. It used to alternate with the Apple Cup. They do one on oh, Friday is that how and the it, other one on oh, Saturday gotcha. was kind of how it I feel like the Civil went. War was that way, too. Was it not? Haven't we bounced around? Yeah, okay, makes sense. Yeah, because the Apple Cup is Saturday. COVID year kind of screwed everything up. It got them out of sync. Yeah. I'm going to do a poll question. Duck and Beaver fan, let's be honest here. Nobody can tell what you voted on. Only you know. <laughs> yeah. If Oregon and Oregon State don't schedule a game for next year, will you care if they ever do again? Yes. Love the in-state uh, rivalry. No. F them. I think it depends on... If Oregon State is able to land in a spot that keeps them Power Five equivalently relevant, that's what we were talking about. Is eventually that gap will it'll be. I've massive. had Beaver fans that have said that to me this week. Of I want nothing to do with the if we end up in the Mountain West in two years, they want nothing to do with this game because the, the financial gap and the talent gap will only widen. It already is. Wide. It's already, <laughs> it already exactly. Wide. It's already wide. Yeah. And Oregon State can pull off upsets here or there, and you have your years a la last year, right, where you find a way to win the game. But if you if you have a Mountain West financial profile and a talent profile going into that game. I mean, it's just, you know, it's to keep the sense of normalcy and history alive just to lose by 40 every year would not be fun for Oregon State. And I don't blame Beaver fans at all for not wanting a part of that. I Look, I've, a, I've been of the mindset, if it, if it turns into that, I'm, I agree. I don't want it. To Swag's point, if there's something that Oregon State can cobble together, and I will continue to maintain, maybe this is a hope that shouldn't exist. But these things change, they evolve, right? I don't know what the landscape's going to look like two, three years from now. We could we could be a year away from Florida State, Clemson, Miami, and North Carolina forcing their way out of the ACC and finding some sort of legal loophole. And then the ACC's got to figure out what the hell do we do? We got Cal and Stanford now. Maybe we go get Oregon State and Washington State because then they'll have more West Coast teams and we need more teams to fill. Like, who the hell knows what this thing looks like two, three years from now? I've always maintained, as long as Oregon State remains competitive in football, I want I want this game every year. And it's it's the one drop like there's always an aspect of the Big Ten that is exciting to me, don't get me wrong. 
but there's still a part of me. I feel like a part of me is dying this weekend. Like this is it. It's over. And now football, the way I've known it my entire life and the way I've watched it my entire life is not going to exist. And so even if it's just a selfish thing of like, I want a small sense of normalcy Mm -hmm. once a year, even though the game would be earlier in the season, as long as Oregon state remains competitive in football, I I still want to play this game. Well, I guess that would, that would ask that would lend me to ask this question then with what you're saying, if it takes them a year or two, I mean, it's already a pretty big talent star gap if you comped it today. Mm-hmm. And we think or, maybe maybe Oregon State will hang a little bit. But in two, three years, like, wouldn't – that would be the equivalent of, like, San Jose State, San Diego State playing Oregon, wouldn't it? Yeah. If, if, you if, they're, the in the, if they're in the Mountain West, yeah. Yeah. I, I just yeah. – I, I don't want to watch Oregon win 45 nothing. Like, and I know that's happened. I'm just – I'm just saying, like, I don't yeah, think I want to sign up to watch that Yeah, but when you have that mentality going into it, it's like – Okay, we're just doing this. For what am I getting excited for? The sake for? of tradition, right? Right, because we exactly. grew up with it. But everything else we grew up with is dead. That would turn yeah. into like Utah and Utah State used to be rivals that played every year. Yeah, they used to be in the same conference, yep. and then Utah moved up the ladder, and Utah State stayed the same. And then they don't they don't play it anymore. Yeah. I mean, they might occasionally, but those programs are obviously in much different spots. Yeah, one one uh, digital dam retweet uh, responded: "Nothing matters less to me than a second week out of conference game against Oregon." <laughs> and that's the weird part: is like, hey, September. 20th. Well, here's what I will say. Civil War. The tough part, and I don't mean this to sound conceited, but I'm sure it will be viewed that way. In the short term, Oregon State desperately needs this game. Oh, absolutely. In the next two years, you need, because I've seen the the angle of we're going to play five or six Power Five opponents. In the last 15 to 20 years, how many Power Five home and homes have you had? Uh, Wisconsin. Oklahoma State. State. Wisconsin. Purdue's coming up next year. So Purdue will be the second half of that. I mean, I'm sure there's some others we're blanking on right now, top of our minds, but those are the ones that... You've gone places. You've gone to Penn State. You've gone to LSU. You've gone to Ohio State. You played those games. The best team you've gotten to come back to Corvallis was Wisconsin? Probably. Probably. That was a big deal when they came here, because they had, I think, Monty Ball and... Yeah, it was a big upset. It was the start of a good year for Oregon State. (laughs) 10-6 game. I'll never forget how bored I was. I'm like, God, this game is defensive slow. Welcome to Big Ten football. But to the point, though, like, we're... We're already nearing the area of the calendar where you're starting to put out season tickets for next year, and yeah. you want people to buy those. And you probably want them spending more. You want, I mean, you need some money. You and so money on that stadium. Gotta, yeah, foot the bill on the financing of that stadium. Uh, other, so if you get Oregon, my, my larger yeah. point is if you get Oregon to sign off, I know there's a, that sentiment out there that Beaver fan doesn't want to play the game, and I get it, man. I, I understand where you're coming from. I'm just looking at it from a business sense. Yeah. That would be the biggest home game well, on your also, schedule next year, likely. Oregon is going to be its most willing to do it right now because they know what's happening yeah and you get as you mentioned two or three years into uh being a big 10 team how much more uh, they're not going to be as willing to do a home and home and a long-term thing to preserve this because it's not fresh in their minds anymore well i just i think the move to the big 10 um Washington, Washington state getting the apple cup now a sponsor helps but like getting the apple cup back and getting washington to come back that was clearly uh, something that both schools were really aggressive on to get that agreement in the year. And where's Oregon, Oregon State right now? They're twiddling their thumbs. Yeah, maybe talking about no maybe clue. scheduling. Maybe something will I pop up. I, the report Phil, is they're trying. Oregon's trying to buy out Boise State, and they got to figure that out. Yeah, because they have can home Phil and home with Boise State Nike coming up. to sponsor the damn thing. If I'm Boise State, I'm I might be digging my heels and saying, no, 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 
Well, we're not getting out of that game. We don't want that buyout. Yeah, I don't know what the I don't know what the pay structure is for Boise State to come to Austin. I mean, that program's not in great shape right now either. Well, they're weird. They they won their last game. They fired Avalos, yeah. and I believe they they get to the Mountain West Championship because Fresno State lost last weekend. I have no. If clue. they win, I believe. <laughs> but I, that's the funny thing is they sure. fired Avalos. If they win, I believe their last game, they might go to the conference title. They're in the conference <laughs> title. I was like, what is your what what do you do Boise State? Is this Chris Peterson Boise State still? Uh, it's a weird. I I just I don't know. It's just we've kind of maintained this opinion all year. I've maintained it. Look, my team's playing for one of their best regular seasons in program history. Like these kind of years don't come around very often. At least they haven't, right? It's a small number of times that Oregon's been this dominant. I was looking it up when I was just hanging around the house on Wednesday. You know what their margin of victory in Pac-12 games is this year? Oregon's? Yeah. Uh, 23. Yeah, it's 23 exactly. Oh, is it really? Yes. Swear to God, I never Because I was doing up. some comparisons. You know <laughs> what, what Washington's margin of victory in the Pac-12 is this year? It's like nine. Ten. Six. Yeah. I was just thinking, like, it's just cra- like Oregon's having one of those years. But even with all of that, there's just been kind of a weird stench in the air. And I, we don't know what the future's going to hold. We don't know what the rivalry's going to look like today, when it's going to be played again. And yeah. it's just, I don't know. The feelings, if the Pac-12 had figured out a way to, to resolve this and you sign that ESPN deal and the, the presidents didn't say, we want $50 million instead of just taking the $30 million and this was all cobbled together, mm-hmm. there would be, a, I think, a much different feeling going into this game. Yeah, because for sure. you would know the future and you wouldn't have these question marks about what are things going to look like. On that note, I do want to get to... Are we playing like vitamin C this weekend to watch the final weekend of Pac-12 football? I want to get people's thoughts on that. We'll start the final hour there. We'll spring the line at 830. Uh, Don't go anywhere. One more hour to go on our Friday next on The Fam. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Doncic, the step back three, you bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.